Hey, welcome to Leading Agile Sound Notes. This is Dave Pryor. Tim Wise is joining me. He's going to introduce himself in a moment. This is a new kind of podcast that we're going to be doing. What we're going to do is to try to answer some basic questions. So sort of 101 level questions, or maybe a little bit higher. But a lot of these are questions that come out of the CSM and CSPO classes that I teach. What I tell the students is if you've got a parking lot question and we don't have time to get to it, you still want an answer. Um, let me record you asking it. And then I'll have some of the coaches from Leading Agile come and, and throw in their uh, thoughts on the question that you've asked. So Tim has taken some time out of the day today. He hasn't heard any of these questions before. We're trying to treat it as much as possible like a real coaching situation, which means he's got to be very much on his toes. So Tim, do you want to tell these people who you are? <laughs> uh, sure, I don't mind. Uh, I'm, my name is Tim Wise. I'm one of the, one of the principal uh, coaches here at Leading Agile. I've been around Agile for a long time, and I enjoy helping product and development and all kinds of things in organizations get better uh, and get things out to market quicker, higher value. Um, it's just fun stuff. All right, cool. So the first question, there's actually two people that ask very similar questions, so I'm going to play both questions now. The first one is from Krista. The second one is from Stephanie. I'm Krista, and I wanted to get more information on the role of BAs and SAs, systems analysts, in the Agile world. What we've seen is that um, in some respects, or some teams will make the BAs into a PO role, but if that's not the case, where do BAs and SAs fit? Uh, we've seen a lot go to troubleshooting or to production support, but not really fit well in the development teams. My name is Stephanie, and I have a question about how a business analyst and a product manager can work together to be a product owner, or if they can work together. Okay, so those were really interesting. Uh, so we have the BAs, uh, you know, in the first one, Krista mentions the, the BAs in the Agile world. Is, is how, do, how do they fit? Where do they fit in? The other one, uh, and what she had seen is in production support, and maybe they fill in for the BA role or the, excuse me, the PO role, um, but they didn't necessarily fit well in development teams for it. Uh, and then the other one, uh, also kind of how a BA might, it's kind of dancing around that same PO conversation. How does a product manager and a BA work together? So uh, I, I guess this is one of those that, that I could talk a lot on, but I'll try to boil it down uh, in just a few sentences. So the thing I want to say about Stephanie's before you um, start to respond to it is that she, Stephanie was taking, uh, I believe, the CSM class. Um, but in, in the CSM or the CSPO, one of the things that I explained to the folks in the class, because it's it's a scrum class based on the scrum guide, there is only one product owner. So the idea of a product owner team is something that I might mention in passing, but is not something that would be taught in a CSM or a CSPO class as the solution to a problem of the BO and product, BA and product manager. Right. Yep. Yeah. So both of these questions, uh, both Krista's and, and the other's question revolve around the PO role specifically in some way, shape or form. Uh, and in Krista's question, it's really, can a BA serve as a, as a PO um, or is there something else that you typically see them go out and do or will they help the team? How do they help the team? So, uh, it depends on the BA, but um, the BA as a PO is certainly a potentially viable solution. Um, the 
the problem that you usually run into is that they, they are not empowered to be the PO. Uh, so they're not empowered to actually own the product. Um, that, that implies a lot of things, right? So product owner. Um, so in order to, to actually own that product, uh, they need to expand their horizons. There's a lot of growth potential there, particularly from a product point of view. So they have the systems and analysis point of view, potentially, or a technical analysis. They have a, a business analysis point of view. But having a product and a market uh, point of view is, is something that may be different for them. Uh, there's a lot of skill sets there that they, they may need to pick up. Uh, as far as not fitting on development teams, uh, again, depends on the situation. And um, in a really mature agile team, you might see something like uh, three amigos or um, something that uh, where the BA is helping the team uh, break down different scenarios uh, for for stories. So you they might, might be using. Them. Can you explain the three amigos for the folks that don't? Uh, yeah, and, and for me, the three amigos is is really about uh, collaboration. To me, it, it's more of, of working with uh, someone like a PO or a BA, uh, as well as someone that's technical, uh, as well as maybe someone that's focused on quality, um, in order to create and elaborate on uh, an idea uh, to flesh out all the scenarios that, that you need in, in the uh, story, let's say. Um, so they... On day one, what most people have as far as their boundaries of what they're used to when they're starting into the agile world, there's this boundary that you have to break down, and it's part technical maturity and part in their mind as well. So there's the the PO that gets something ready for the team uh, from a backlog perspective. There's the developer that develops it, and then there's the QA member that, that QAs it. And in reality, I'm trying to squish all those together uh, there's a lot of things that help me do that. Uh, one of them that I find particularly useful is using uh, something like Gherkin, uh, which is a, a syntax for elaborating on different scenarios that are present for stories. So it's basically acceptance criteria for stories. It's in a given when then type of format. Uh, so your user story might be as a, I want to so that. Uh, and your Gherkin would further elaborate on that into different scenarios that are given uh, given this. And the way I describe this is a little bit technical. It's uh, given given this setup when this action occurs, then I expect this outcome, that type of thing. So for a BA, that might be preconditions and postconditions. For a developer, that's kind of analogous to arrange, act, assert um, from a from a test driven perspective. Uh, and then from a from a QA point of view, it's the setup, uh, and then it's the execution of it and the outcome. And with that common language, you can start to uh, develop those uh, scenarios together. So here's the outcome that we're looking for. Here's the um, the different things that we'll need, the different scenarios and the various scenarios that we'll need to tackle together. And you're, what you're looking to do is pull QA up to the front and help them elaborate on the expected outcomes and all the different scenarios that they that they know very well. The developer can then, in parallel, go code to those, uh, as well as each scenario that starts to pass, the, the QA can go ahead and test for those. And ideally, the developer is, always, is already writing uh, tests to, to test for them as they're developing, even before they're developing. So you're talking so about a lot. using test-driven development to, to work through all this stuff? 
Basically. Yeah, so that's kind of like it's a long-winded way to say, yeah, BA can work effectively with with a development team uh, okay. and be on a Scrum team together. Um, yeah, I think the other part to that was, can they be the PO? Uh, there's most often the not more often than not, I find that they are the proxy PO, uh, and that proc and that the proxy has not been uh, properly uh, enabled. So the proxy doesn't have the authority that they need and they find themselves being just a a person that can tell the team what the priorities are but for any questions they have to go make sure with the real product owner like oh, oh can i really do that can i really uh if i'm trimming the tail can i really stop here they don't actually own the product at that point so that kind of leads into the the next question of of how does a how can a PM and a BA work together, uh, and a PM in this case being product manager. So uh, um, in Scrum, and, and you took this in inside of a Scrum class. So inside of that context, there's a product owner and there's a single product owner, right? So that product owner needs to own the product and then uh, feed the team uh, with great. Uh, great stories on on the outcome of those stories and and do all the things that you know a PO does and in my world I deal with a lot of bigger organizations and this one just smells of that bigger organization simply because they said how can a product manager and a BA work together uh, and the the truth of it is the product manager uh, is oftentimes looking at the market they're, they're collaborating with sales. They're, um, they are in and of themselves analyzing what's the best, uh, what's the best thing that we need, what's the next best thing that we need to do to put out onto the market? Uh, what, what do we need to commit to the market? Uh, and how do I work with our customer base? So there, there's a ton of, of underlying, um, of underlying expertise there in the product management world. In the BA world, there's all that systems knowledge. So they can indeed come together. I typically see these manifest as the a product owner team. Um, so that's something that is it's not a scrum concept, right? But if we think about a product owner team, then we're talking about the product manager, um, the BA, you would most likely have it, an architect there, uh, and most likely, depending on what you're doing, uh, potentially a UX role or a UI role, uh, and together they're making out the awesome backlog for the team. So they're the they're the Uber product owner. They're the single product owner as an entity well, in who, and of themselves. On that team, who gets final say over what's the most important thing to do next, or who wins the battle so they, if there's they, a disagreement? Yeah, they they generally need to agree uh, on that one, and there's an, a ton of working agreements around that, right? So um, oftentimes that product manager may go down and act as the product owner for the team. Uh, and sometimes the BA will go down and act as the product owner for the team if that's how you have it set up, right? Uh, this is highly contextual, so I'm, I'm playing with it a little bit. But if the BA, if the BA is indeed the proxy in this, in this relationship, they all groom the backlog together. They all refine that backlog so that the team, along with the team, to get it ready. That means the, the entire product owner team would refine that backlog or have a common shared understanding of, of what's going 
to the team. So there's no overriding of, of uh, priorities here. There's a single prioritized view of, of the work that, that a team is taking in. Um, the BA is empowered and they need to be empowered and that's a real empowerment to make day-to-day -day decisions on that. And then with the team, uh, they need to also come back and and gain alignment together. But there's there's never an override of of the empowerment that they're that they're giving to that to that product owner. I always say that anyone on the team that says anything to the team is acting on behalf and they're acting as the product owner. Okay. So if they if they have a mixed up um, if they have a mixed up priority, they're going to have a terrible time and be a terrible team. Uh, so the more that they have working agreements and they can get uh, in unison, the better. But it also allows in a bigger organization for scalability that product manager can go analyze the market. The BA can have their their skill set that they that they bring to the table. The architect can also look at further down the road from a technology standpoint, uh, as well as uh, seeing if something's feasible or not. Uh, and then, I mean, there's tons of, of configurations there, but those are the ones that I find are, are highly successful, along with the, the UX piece of it as well. Do you think the BA could also become a Scrum Master? Sure. Yeah, I've had a BA Scrum Master before. Um, so my my core belief is anyone can be a scrub master. <laughs> so, okay. Um, you know that's um, I, I still believe that today. Uh, even even working with organizations um, that kind of have it fixed in their mind who the scrum master is uh, when you even before you come in the door, right? Right. Um, so uh, certainly the BA can be the scrum master. They they can't be the proxy product owner and the scrum master. That's that's the no no. Uh, or they can't be the product owner and the scrum master, in my opinion. Um, but that's um, that's just a, a, a little bit too much power, uh, even though yeah. the scrum master is not not really all that uh, empowered. Right? Okay. So I, I always say in the classes that I mean, maybe anybody could be a scrum master, but I think I think for people that are super passionate about the idea of hacking people for a living, that job is a very special job. Um, well, anybody could do it. There's some people that do it really, really well. And I think those are the people who are completely given to the idea of, I want to help people become a really good team and want to help them find ways to work together, together and that that is the reward that they get out of it. Um, that, that is true. Uh, and to that point, you asked me if the BA would make, could make a good Scrum Master. I'm working with one right now that would make an awesome Scrum Master. That's not what they do, but they would they would be incredible at, at the position. I think they could grow into, uh, you know, some some form of a coach role as well. So, all right. So now that we've addressed both of those questions, I want to ask you one more thing before we wrap up. If I am a BA or an SA and I'm looking to change my role, maybe I want to become a scrum master. Maybe I want to be a product owner. Maybe, you know, there's something else they want to slot into. Um do you have recommendations for how they would go about doing that? Oh gosh. Uh, well, first find something you love to do, right? Uh, okay. So if you don't, if you don't love the and and to to your point, uh, I think the question anyway is kind of targeted at what's the career path uh, that they're looking at. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I hear that a lot uh, from from BAs actually, uh, and have worked with some in the past that 
you know, show me, show me the career path as I, as I grow up. And I, I feel like I've got this BA thing tackled. I feel like I've got this uh, product owner team tackled. Now, you know, where, where do I go? Because my title is still a BA. Yeah. And, you know, I want, I want uh, growth in my life too. Um, so for the, for the ones that have truly mastered that, that, that are, that are showing a lot of potential, I, I'll pour a ton of time into uh, helping them personally uh, myself. So I, I try to find what they are really passionate about. If they tend to be more on the product owner side, then I kind of do point them towards that product management discipline. Okay. Uh, they go out and learn it, learn all the techniques that are there uh, because it's not the same. Yeah. Uh, from a from a BA, just straight BA perspective, um, I found some that are really good at, uh, let's say, capability analysis. So there's uh, more business architecture that you can start to look at. Uh, that takes a lot of prowess and a lot of growth as well in its own right. Um, and then there's this the Scrum Master side. So those that, like you say, if they enjoy hacking people yeah. <laughs> and, and they get their kicks there, uh, that's certainly got its own path these days uh, from, you know, depending on who you are and what you want to do. You may be a Scrum Master. You could be a Agile Project Manager. You could be a uh, an Agile Coach and grow from there. Um, so... Um, there's a lot of different opportunities out there in my opinion. And it's, it's not clear, but, but there's sometimes the uncertainty makes people uncomfortable, but there's a lot of opportunity. So a lot of freedom in the uncertainty. There's a lot of freedom. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So along with uncertainty, uh, along with that freedom comes a little bit of uncertainty and you kind of have to blaze your trail a bit and, uh, that part, I personally am fine with that. Some people aren't. Um, I love that part. So helping them see where they fit in for those that are uncertain is, is kind of a, an, an important moment personally cool. for them. Yeah. Awesome. Well, dude, thank you for doing this. I know you're busy. Uh, also, I want to point out one thing. Earlier when Tim said it's highly contextual, that was his fancy way of saying it depends. <laughs> that is very true. But don't we all hate that? Yes. Right. So if you if you would like to learn more about Tim or find a way to track him down, you can get him on the Leading Agile website. You can also go to wiseagile.com. And if they want to follow you on Twitter, where do they go for that? You know, uh, these days I'm not a huge Twitter fan, but it's Tim S. Wise, uh, just at Tim S. Wise. All right, man. Well, thank you very much for doing this. I appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks. At the yeah, same here, man. Cool.